What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Coast to Coast. It is Wednesday, February 23rd. All-star break is over. Ronan, my man, what's up? Do you enjoy the weekend? Uh... Yeah, see, I told you. I told you. Although I will be saying I'm happy that to see the people that won the, the competitions. They there was I was happy to see all those winners. We got Obi, Cat, mm-hmm. yeah, and yeah. Uh, the Cleveland guys winning winning the winning the skills. That was, those were those were good things. They may not have been the greatest in the world, but it was good to see those those winners. I'll, I'll say all that. all the gainer guys won. That, that's that's for sure. Uh, all all your boys won that. And man, <laughs> I wish in the state of Massachusetts I could bet i don't have, i don't do bookies or anything i'm not a big sports betting guy but when i saw carl anthony towns was all the way in the bottom of the uh the the all the betting odds to win the three-point competition i was like dude he's he definitely can win this i i could see it i mean he he wants to go down as the greatest three-point shooter big man of all time at maybe hell maybe he gets there but yeah i mean this whole weekend that dunk contest was an absolute dud i feel ashamed for even deciding to tune into it because i just had a bad feeling about it um now everyone's talking about like changing the format at least the i guess the all-star game in retrospect the second half was was okay it was good i mean steph curry going crazy Steph was fun. LeBron James, yeah the, I mean, the lebron that, winner like it, it got kind of got some stuff yeah. that i wanted to see but just at the end of the day there's just no defense play there's just no there's not enough competition yeah, it's it's like it only matters in like that that last like stretch, like the last yeah. bit where like they're they're reaching the target score. Target score has been awesome that format. I th- I think just just to give my overall take on the weekend, I, I don't think we need to change the dunk contest. I think we need to just incentivize the best dunk because like every NBA fan knows who the best dunkers are. Like I think if you were to poll everyone, you're gonna say Ja, you're gonna say Anthony Edwards, you're gonna say I don't know exactly exactly we wouldn't do it again, but plenty of new guys it, it's sad though because Jalen Green I I thought he would be a hot ticket maybe he just had an off night there nervous or whatever but like he I thought he was going to put up like some crazy dunks but yeah this is disappointing weekend but um all 75 that was cool to see everyone in the room yeah. there yeah that, that was, yeah, was that was awesome. pretty interesting um but yeah and enough for the all-star weekend that was boring get, get back into everything else and we start this episode off here we're going to talk about some important news that are going to affect the rest of the season. We're going to talk about uh, injuries, CP3 being injured, people coming back from injury. Um, what's up with New York right now? There's a lot of news coming out of New York. We're going to talk Kemba, we're going to talk Kyrie, and we're just going to talk East Coast, West Coast. We're truly going to go coast to coast here, see if we can forecast the rest of the season. But, man, let's start here in New York. Only one place to start, right? And Kemba and Kyrie's battle to be the most – paid point guards who won't actually play in games for their teams that that battle is finally coming to an end um vaccine mandates are being lifted over the next few weeks Kyrie may actually play more than what was it six games left in the rest of the remainder of the season and Kemba now enters the uh, Thibodeau protocols and he will no longer be playing for the rest of the season thoughts I'm I don't want to say I'm happy because I mean like Kemba has shown some some good flashes when, when he's played the team and like the team is struggling so much it's kind of uh, crazy to think oh yeah we'll just bench one of our vet guys that we could actually rely on to do something but if this is a sign of things to come and we're going to see young guys get more minutes for the rest of the season then I'm all for it because I think this season is just a dud for New York 
And the thing that would make me most happy is if they just give, let the young guys go out there and try and develop over the last, what, seven weeks of this season. I think that's the best thing for it. Probably the best thing for Kemba too, to, to be able to be healthy and then he can find a, a, a different project that suits him better, hopefully in the off season when he's going to be on an expiring contract. So I think it makes sense overall. And I really hope that it's a sign that it's going to be the way for New York that a few of the older guys are going to play uh, some less minutes and the younger guys are going to get some more time in the court. Yeah. I mean, I don't think there's any other way for this to end because this is just what happens to, to New York guys who go play for the Knicks at the end of their career. I mean, look, look what happened to Joaquin Noah, like, Dude, Duke couldn't have been happier to go back home, play for the Knicks, and look how that ended for him. Same thing with Kemba. And I think different different stage, I mean, same stage of careers for both of them. In the twilight of their careers, injuries really nagging them, tearing them down. But I think Kemba really can't help a team. I think as a be- as a bench scorer, as a guy who can really steady and often provide scoring when you need it, I think there's still a place for him in this league like that. And I, I hope he gets a second chance. It's not worked out for him in the way that we thought it would coming out of Charlotte. And man, what what a what an immediate turnaround that's been since his his all-star appearance there. But yeah, I, I hope things I hope things turn out for him in the offseason. I don't hope he has time to get his body right and really um, contribute somewhere else. But maybe go back to Charlotte. The, that wouldn't be the craziest move in the world. Yeah, better than Ishmith, probably. <laughs> but how about Kyrie? I mean, he might actually play games here. And, and my question is, you know, we, we, we got all these players here. We, we haven't even mentioned Dragic has now decided to join the Nets. They've just collected every potential good veteran in this entire league in Brooklyn there. With, with Kyrie returning to the floor, let's say he gets 10 games in. Let's say they get 10 full games, which is realistic, as a team whole. Ben Simmons comes back in place. And this is funny because we had the same exact conversation last year. Is 10 games enough as a team, even if healthy? Is that enough for them to gel with that amount of talent, that amount of dynamic ability on the floor? Is that enough for them to gel into a championship team? 10 games. My head, my my heart, I should say, says no, but my head says that level of player, I think they can figure it out. Because I think Kyrie and and Durant know know how to play together. Mills is slotting in there well. I think set the likes of uh, uh, Curry will just slot in seamlessly to that team. It's just the how Ben Simmons fits in. That that's mm-hmm. kind of what it all comes down to, really. He's the yeah. the main new guy. He's the the guy who's going to have to play this specific mm-hmm. role. He's going to have to be the new. James Harden, not that they're the same player or anything like that. They're going to be playing completely different roles within this team, but that's that's the biggest thing. And I think they said now, Brooklyn will come out and said that it's going to be weeks rather than months uh, uh, to when Simmons is going to make his debut. He's really going to start ramping things up now. So you think it's going to be a few, probably a few weeks over the next few weeks that New York are going to be uh, kind of cutting, uh, phasing out the vaccine mandate. So you think maybe... Seven weeks after, you think maybe three weeks, three and a half weeks down the line, we could be seeing a team that has Durant, Kyrie, and Simmons on the floor. And maybe they might have to just push Simmons that little bit earlier to to, to make to, to get him in as soon as possible to give themselves the best chance. The second, I think, 
Durant is back, they really got to ramp up Simmons and get him get him yeah. uh, on the court uh, as soon as uh, pretty much as as early as they can once uh, once KD is back. Yeah, I think it'll come down to coaching wise. How can you simplify Ben Simmons' role? Because I think it's very doable. You look at what Nick Claxton does on that team, and you copy paste that. Ben Simmons does that to an elite level, and he doesn't have to do that without thinking. There, there's not a whole lot of a whole lot of adjustment he has to do, and he has weeks to study that. And I think I think Ben Simmons is a is a fantastic player. He's very intelligent, very intelligent. He's a very smart basketball player. So he'll know how to adjust in that way. And I think. A lot of people are going to look at this and, and think with their head and heart, no way, no way any championship team is going to come together in that fashion. But I think this is an exception because Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, like you said, not only have they played together, but they also, they're natural scorers. They don't need a system to help them score. And they can facilitate for others in ways that not a lot of players can because of their scoring, because of their gravity, because of their IQ. And I think Ben Simmons does that in a similar way too, as both as, as a defender, you could plug him in, play him. And as a facilitator, he's going to do that seamlessly too. I, I think, I think as I've thought about it, I'm not that worried about how long it'll take for them to gel. And that should be a scary thought. We're going to talk about where the standings are probably going to end up. And I think there's going to be a lot of teams that this might be, a nightmare scenario to end up a higher seed and end up matching with them. But let's, let's move on. Let's move on to another because I think we'll get into more nets when we talk about projections. Um, but we, we want to cover, well, we still got time here to cover some other news, particular injuries. Um, it's not Chris Paul, man. Terrible to hear that, that injury is going to keep him out potentially for the rest of the regular season. Suns have been the hottest team in the league. They've been absolutely on fire. And they're not going to be without their, you know, Chris Paul right now is sixth and or fifth and MVP voting for a reason, because he's a huge part of what this team is doing. Get this. He's a plus seven in offensive rating. He's assisted or scored on 38% of the Suns entire offense, this entire season, 38%, one guy. That's a massive massive hole to fill here and my question is is it going to be a team effort that's going to get them back there or keep them there rather or is Devin Booker geared up to have potentially an MVP run you kind of as soon as I heard it my first thought is okay Devin Booker DeAndre Ayton Mm -hmm. it's time Mm -hmm. now this is your time CP3 ain't there. You got to show that you're class. You got to show what you've learned from this guy. This is your time to show that you are the guys. This is eight. This is huge for Aiton as well. Obviously, everything that's going on with uh, with his contract. This is a real moment for him to really step up and show, perhaps the Suns, perhaps other teams, that he can be the guy when push comes to shove. I think the main pressure is definitely on Booker. Because he is the the other starter and like he's the lead scorer for this team, and he's gonna have to kind of go to another level. It seems like you never really think about that when you think Phoenix. You just think of all around good team performance. But Booker's definitely gonna have to do uh, a lot more scoring. He's gonna have to be the guy in tight games in the fourth quarter. That's where I think it's gonna be a big miss going there, 
closing out the regular season and and if they miss him at all in, in the playoffs because Chris Paul just controls games uh, late and he brings so much to that team the calmness the scoring the assists it's all just it's it's, it's a lot it's it's why this team has been so successful and it's a big blow and the pressure's now on i think it could what could come to it is if it's Payne that's playing instead of Paul or if it's Peyton I think that could yeah. prove a big, a big difference. As well. <laughs> I know you. Ha- I know you have some thoughts about uh, Alfred Payton. He's he's not been bad there. He's not been great, but uh, I don't think yeah, he's not the guy you want to be running the ship. No, but I've always liked what I've seen from campaign, and I, I kind of like the idea of him kind of getting the little run uh, as a starter. But he's obviously still been out for a while with the this wrist injury. It's listed as day to day, but we still don't actually know what. Yeah. Uh, what uh, what the scale is when when he's actually going to be back? So I think that that could prove a, a big difference maker. Obviously, the big thing is that they are what are they they're six six games clear of of Golden State or some, some something around that mark at the moment, and they've got the six easiest schedule uh, remaining. So I think I don't think they're gonna see a big uh, cataclysmic uh, fall off. I think they're, they'll still probably remain the number one seed. But this is all kind of gearing towards what they're going to be like in the playoffs. That's that's just a big thing. The, the, the moment now, it looks like they're going to not reevaluate them until the, till the regular season's over. I'm saying six to eight weeks and the regular season's over in seven weeks. And let's not forget, this is the same thumb that Paul injured back in 2017. So this is a, exactly. this is a kind of a reoccurrence. So they're gonna have to be they're gonna have to be careful with this one. I, I was I was literally gonna bring that up because what happened last time he was injured in the playoffs, and you remember, man, it, it had isn't talked enough about how close Harden and CP3 were to winning it all. That yeah, that's so quickly forgotten. Them so forgotten and how much of the NBA landscape is so different if if he's not injured late in that series and this is going to be a test for the playoffs this year but I think bigger picture I mean the Suns have proved that you know they're they're a very good team and they're a very good organization Um, they know how to get talent in the door they know how to play together coach Monty could be coach of the year I mean he he should be considered a top five coach in this league for sure and this is also a testament to what are you guys going to be like when Chris Paul is gone? Is this just a, is this just a Chris Paul product? You guys are just good, not great. And then with Chris Paul, you're great. Cause is Devin Booker going to go back to being a high usage, high calorie score with not much else? Where are you going to get the playmaking from? There's a lot of questions to answer here. And especially for DeAndre Ayton, who you mentioned, this is going to be tough for him because Chris Paul has been a major major reason why he's been able to develop more on the offensive end in that pick and roll Mm. who's going to do that for him is he gonna be able to do more on his own he's going to have to make more of his offense without that presence so all eyes are on them but i will say this this is kind of this could be an easier test because we're talking about strength of schedule you take a look at theirs and they have the easiest remaining strength of schedule in the NBA, they're going to have a real nice time figuring this out because I mean, they're just going to be facing, you know, the lowest, the lowest talent in the NBA for the remainder of the season. And I, I think this, this could be a comfortable test for them. 
But um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited though. I, I think Devin Booker is up for the challenge. I think he's mm-hmm. got that it factor and he's really found himself in this winning system. And I don't think this is a hot take for me, but if Booker keeps them on this league best winning rate and he pumps up his numbers, especially his playmaking, he, he really dives into that, that playmaking side of him that we've all wondered was there first few years of his career. If that's something that he does in this second half of the season, I think he definitely should be up there in MVP voting. I think I might even pick him as my MVP, mainly because best team, best player, and the challenge of keeping them alive despite losing Chris Paul. For I mean that that would that would give me him my vote. Not that I have real vote, but I I I don't think that's crazy. No, not at all. I think and, and that's one thing that I'd almost like for him to get it. If you think about it, the way that the MVP, it kind of it changes every year. What 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 is the, what is the criteria for the MVP of the NBA? Well, in my head, I'm always kind of thinking best player on the best team that could very likely be Devin Booker come. Uh, come the end of this season so why shouldn't he be right up there when it when it comes to this voting especially if he can keep them on this tilt without Chris Paul I'd 100% agree with you he'd definitely be right up there in my thinking one thing I will say about Paul I just hope that this is okay come the playoffs I mean he's had such such bad luck when it's come to playoffs with injuries when 2015 was a hamstring injury playing with the Clippers Mm -hmm. 2016 he had the broken hand 2018, obviously, we already mentioned the Rockets are 3-2 up. Then his hamstring goes, and they, they, they lose they lose the next two games. I mean, they were so close to dethroning the unbeatable, nearly uh, Gold, yeah. Golden State Warriors. Uh, it's it's You just hope that, that we get to see an, another run for Paul. We should say a first run, really, with the, the Suns as, as a 100% healthy because remember he had that injury last year as well, and we yeah. don't know for sure if he really fully o- overcame that. He still yeah. played on without it, but you hope now that his son can heal in the six to seven weeks and he's ready to go for the playoffs. That's that's just the main thing. That's all that needs to be in Phoenix's thoughts and all that needs to be in Chris Paul's thoughts. And we got to talk about the, the, the teams who are on their tails because the Nuggets – they're going to have the opposite issue. They're, they're going to be – they've stuck around, man. I mean, Jokic, if we're talking MVP, we're not going to make this an MVP debate because this is such a healthy MVP ballot. Like, you saw the straw ballot. You saw how many players are on it. And you could you can't go wrong with Embiid. You can't go wrong with Giannis. You can't go wrong with Jokic. I mean, you, could, you couldn't even go wrong with, with LeBron, the numbers he's putting up, Curry, whoever. But Jokic – in his own right, has dragged this Nuggets team all season long. And news is coming out that Murray and Michael Porter Jr. might be coming back for the end of the regular season. And in terms of the Nets having games to gel into a championship contender, these are guys who are already there. If, if they're rounding into form, if, if MPJ and Murray are healthy and they are ready to play and they're ready to play serious minutes, I'll, I'll drop another hot take here. I I would absolutely categorize them as bona fide championship contenders. I wouldn't say favorites, 
but they they would easily have my pick at the beginning of the season if they had a healthy uh, Murray. I mean, the rate at Jokic that Jokic is playing with such little help around him is so unbelievable. And to get back a guy who is dropping 50 points, 50 points in the bubble, Michael Porter Jr., who's having a career year last year, clearly wasn't healthy at the beginning of the season. If you can dream a little and think that they're actually healthy, if, if that's the big if and they fulfill that, I see no reason why we shouldn't be fearing them as real championship contenders. Yeah, 100%. I think just having Jokic has them already at a kind of a wild card spot, just having Jokic by himself. You add back in the other two main stars, you would have to say, of this Denver team. And of course you've got a challenger. And I think we, we look at it as things stand at this very moment. They are being given a 10% chance of yeah. winning the finals. That's the yeah. fourth, that's fourth in the NBA, second yeah. in the West. So it's it's not it's not crazy to think of. People are thinking about it. And, and if we get back a healthy Murray, a healthy MPJ could really make things really interesting. And you'd love to see it because you want to see the best teams with the best chance when we get to playoff time. That's what it's all about. And we want to see this real high strength of competition and we want to see good battles in every playoff series and, and uh, getting the likes of Murray and MPJ back for Nuggets would do that. And it would just be, it'd be really great, especially for Jokic. He deserves it. Yeah. And for any, you know, everyone's thinking about, Oh man, imagine being the team that has to face a healthy Lakers. Once they finally sneak in the playoffs, I'd be more scared of being the team that has to face the, the Nuggets if they all of a sudden, I mean, that, that is, to me, the biggest sleeping giant in the NBA is having that team whole. They haven't been whole in so long, and Jokic has just been so historically good. Man, I just imagine the Jazz, because this is, I mean, the projections show right now that the Nuggets and Jazz would be slated to be in the first round, and Jokic has absolutely figured out Gobert. Gobert, for, he's the best defender in the NBA by far, and Jokic has him completely figured out. Um, I don't have my numbers in front of me of how well he's played against him uh, over the past couple of years, but he has owned him. And you get back, Mary, you get back MPJ. Jazz aren't making it out of the first round. Uh, a team there that we haven't had a chance to talk too much about, um, but they've been so good in the regular season the past few seasons. And the one thing they just need is to be successful in the playoffs here. And the matchup's just not been in their favor. Um but let's 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 rewind. Yeah, Jazz mentioned... Nuggets has always been fun, though. Uh, yeah, absolutely. It, it's been it's been fun to to watch Jokic actually put just make Gobert look silly. But for for a guy who's destroyed uh, scores all across the league, been erasing shots, just completely annihilating teams on the defensive side. It's hilarious to see Jokic, who's like one of the most unathletic people that Gobert has faced up against, just completely fooling him in the paint. <laughs> Um, I, let, let's rewind. We, we mentioned LeBron, we mentioned Lakers. Let, I, let's go back there because there's some fun things to talk about with Lakers. Um, whew, where do we start? There's, there's, there's 200. Let, how about just the reality TV show? There's apparently a reality TV show coming out about the Lakers front office by HBO. And I, I just guarantee it won't actually be as funny as the real thing, but I, I can't <laughs> wait to see what that'll be like. And the real thing is 
that apparently LeBron James's camp and Clutch Sports is upset at Rob Polinka, who's should be on the hot seat, but not not for this reason. But he should be on the hot seat. This is probably the one good decision he made. They're upset at him because the a trade for John Wall for Russell Westbrook was not pushed through, which was apparently clearly advocated by Clutch Sports. Two things. One, like I just said, that that is an objectively good decision. I don't think that's necessarily the right thing to do there. And two, like I'm so so sick of Clutch Sports. I'm I, I don't understand how how Adam Silver has not gotten involved, but at a certain point, the balance of power has really gone too far, too too far to not just the player, but the 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 bargaining side, the the agents. For Clutch to have this much power over what's transpired over the Ben Simmons situation, what's transpired um, with um, Anthony Davis, LeBron James, the Lakers organization as a whole, it's ridiculous. And it, it completely ruins the fair game and the, and the natural free market that should exist in the NBA. I, it just seems like it's gone on far enough. Yeah, I think uh, we're really starting to see it now with LeBron and Clutch are really kind of flexing their muscle. And unfortunately, it doesn't look like uh, there's going to be any other winner but them in this situation. And I mean, you saw over the the weekend, the All-Star break in Cleveland, uh, LeBron is there, happy to make his uh, few digs at Palenka, happy mm-hmm. to be heaping praise on GMs from OKC, like Sam Presti, <laughs> yeah. the management of Cleveland, how great they've done, touting up about moving back and maybe playing with Cleveland again, talking yes. about playing with Bronny. I mean, he's uh, he's really kind of shoving it down the Lakers' throat that he's kind of got all the power in, in the situation that they are in. Dude, the yeah, th- th- those comments, of course – you look at him in a vacuum. I mean, it's like, yeah, I mean, LeBron respects. He, he really knows the game. He really knows other managers and what they're doing. But it, I didn't really think about it until he mentioned it. But it's so clearly like a sly dig at what's what's going on in LA, which will always piss me off because it is so clear. I mean, I'm not going to be one of those. Oh, everything that happens is because of LeBron. But Nothing that happens in the Lakers Lakers organization or any organization LeBron James has been a part of has ever not been co-signed by LeBron James. That is just factual. That is just factual. If like if if you don't believe that, I don't know what what universe you're living in. So I'm not going to go as far to say like Russell Westbrook was absolutely 100% because of LeBron James. Maybe Polinka should have had grown a pair and just went with the Buddy Heels move. But to backtrack and to crucify Polinka like this privately and semi-publicly for the way the season has gone, I think it's just, it's garbage. And that, that, that pisses me off because this, this whole situation should be addressed as you know, a team because you, you guys clearly co-signed on it. That's the guy you wanted. Polinka got him. And now you're going to talk good about other GMs and say things about Polinka behind his back. And for me, I, to, to make it more this conversation a little more fun like it, I, I do think the, the Cleveland connection is cool I do think it would be really awesome to go back but I, I think the more I think about how he's beginning to already sour his stay there it's it, it changes my perspective a little bit 
talking sour in his stay in LA. Yeah, in LA. Because yeah. you, you're supposed to, you're supposed to really, it's not his fault. Like this is also, and this is why I've hated talking about Lakers all year long because of, of what's gone on there. But this wasn't supposed to be how his chapter there was going to be written. Yeah, yeah, it's fair. I mean, my, my my thought really is the fact that at this stage, Anthony Davis was meant to be the best player on the Lakers team. I agree. That's true. As, as good a, as LeBron is, and you never really thought of him waning too much, but Anthony Davis was supposed to be the guy. And after they won the title, I really thought he was ready to become it. I think he yeah. could have easily been MVP of the finals that year. AD was unbelievable playing on the, on the road to winning that title. But since then, things have just blown up. It's been really disappointing. Obviously, injuries have played a, a big part in it, but general form has not been good enough from AD. He kind of got the ring and just kind of, it almost seemed like he, he was settled then. He was like, okay, I've done this now. I, I, I've, I've done what I was supposed to do and, and didn't really have the drive to go on and be the generational talent that I think everyone believed that he was going to be. I mean, we all think he absolutely deserved the chance to get out to the big market in LA. He proved it in his first year, but since then he just hasn't kicked on. And that's been the the real failing of, of why LA has just been so underwhelming since, since winning that title in the bubble. Yeah. Well, let's, let's talk Cleveland. Um, number one, so awesome. So, so awesome to, to see just, just to think about that, that Ohio community and to see Steph Curry, LeBron James competing like that on that stage and to see, uh, you know, you got, you got your three, three guys, uh, Evan Mobley didn't make it the all-star game, but you have, you have Garland, you have Mobley, you have Allen competing there in the skills challenge. And then you have, your two guys there in the actual all-star game, just such an awesome moment for, for that city. Um, and, and the cherry on top is LeBron just saying these really cryptic things like, Hey, can't count out a return back to Cleveland. But let's think about this at the age of 37 right now, he's averaging 29 points, eight rebounds, 6.5 assists easily. 61.5 true shooting. One of his, one of his better seasons efficiency, efficiency wise. If he's even just 70% of that, and he's said so specifically, he wants to play with whoever drafts Bronny. Does that motivate teams? Does that motivate uh, Cleveland to to make moves? Because I'll say this, two years from now, or uh, that would be, I'm I'm trying to think about it, two years from now, right? Two seasons. Where's Evan Mobley at in his development? Where's Darius Garland at in his development? Where's I, I think Jared Allen could still get better. Where's Isaac Okoro? I mean, their their player development has been fantastic. I mean, what what do they do with Karis LeVert? Is he still getting better? I think there's only upward trajectory Sexton, for yeah. this team. Sexton, we'll see we'll see if he's still there. But yeah, we'll throw in Sexton. Throw in seventy percent of what LeBron sixty percent of what LeBron James is into that team. I don't know what this landscape looks like, but right now, I mean, that, that sounds like a championship contender type of team. If, if, if LeBron James just had a functional team like Cleveland does right now, a functional system, good coaching, good young players, good two-way play, that that's a championship team. Is it not? Yeah. 
I mean, think that LeBron couldn't do what Kareem Abdul-Jabbar did late in his career. He was a, still an yeah. important contributor on a team that won many championships into his Such late 30s and yeah. early 40s. If people think that LeBron can't do that too, you're freaking, you're freaking crazy. I mean, yeah, Louis at, at 39. Yeah, it, it's crazy to say that number, but um, <laughs> what what is age is just a number, right? But it, it's insane that I, I could see it phys- physically, physically. I mean, at a, at a lower usage with less pressure, but to have a meaningful impact with his abilities as a playmaker at that. I think he could easily, easily still contribute if he's on a team like that. Mm-hmm. But what, what makes this so much more interesting to me is what he said, is that he would, his main priority at that stage of his career is to play with his son. And that's what he'd want to do. Dude, the, the absolute madness that's going to go down in chasing him down in free agency. Because if y'all don't know, Bronny comes into the age of being drafted the same summer that LeBron James is a free agent. Such a that. weird, such a weird coincidence, right? <laughs> Fantastic coincidence. And this, this was, this was a joke just a few years ago, right? But now it's, it's, it's an impending reality. And what teams are are going to completely scrap their plans just to get squeeze just a couple years out of LeBron James, right? Like. Then this is a guy, Bronny is projected, a lot of people are saying projected second round talent. A lot of scouts say that. So does a team like, I don't know, like the, the Kings sacrifice their their top 10 pick on a second round guy just to convince LeBron James to go there and, and get some relevancy? Does a team like the Magic, do they do that? Does a team like the, uh, I don't know, like what, what teams might just completely upend their plans just to get a 39, 40-year-old LeBron James. Probably, probably. New York? New York, I reckon. <laughs> just, to make the, just to make the money off jerseys and that, New York could do that in a heartbeat. Oh, uh, my God. Oh, my I God. I doubt. I mean, it's going to be... The answer was right in front of me the whole time. Yeah, it's it's going to be real interesting to see. I mean, like, we're already hearing... Thoughts. I mean, over the last few weeks, we're hearing people talk, oh, maybe the Lakers should think about trading Anthony Davis if they want to have some sort of future. Now Ridiculous. we're moving over towards, if LeBron doesn't sign an extension this summer, maybe the Lakers are going to have to think about trading him. Yeah, he's not going to sign it. I, I'll, yeah. I'll bet, I'll, I will bet all the money that he will not sign that extension. No yeah. way. And I mean, that, no way. that's it's it's kind of getting towards that. And, and it, could, it could be kind of interesting there if, if they have to make the move uh, this off season, that that could make things a, a a little bit a little bit more more interesting, and it'd be kind of kind of cool to see. But I mean, I guess they're still focused on uh, on this on this season in, in LA, and all their players seem to think they're still just going to be able to get to the playoffs and become the championship team of twenty twenty again. But uh, I don't know. I'm not I'm not really seeing it right now because LeBron's well, having, I, to, I having to go back to just being doing all the scoring and it's 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 just not, it's not going to work well i, I don't know Ronan. you you seem to have some bright idea of, of why the lakers are just going to magically do better do you care to share the class yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh, russ russ is russ is getting ready to go off i have to i'll have to get the get the stat up of what he what he did uh, after the all-star break last year I know you on know, the Washington Wizards. I know you really enjoyed it. I had to get on the Washington Wizards. 
Just yeah. the most out of context thing of all time. What are you it, like, yeah. 23.6 points, 12.8 rebounds, 13.1 assists, shot just below 45% from the field, which is a pretty good going for him. That Terrible, which is bad. It is bad, but I mean, for him, it's not. It, it, it's still pretty good. I'm thinking of the series hat. <laughs> and what, what did the Wizards do? Uh, did they only did they get done in the plan, or did they make nothing the first round? They got to so the first what? Round. So oh, so what that, exactly? That's huge, that's huge for the Lakers at the moment to get to the first round. <laughs> <laughs> if 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 they're looking to get to get to the first round, then great. That that's awesome. Congratulations, and they'll get if they if they repeat. Oh my God! Imagine this. And this this will be just like the most revisionist history, just false correlation fallacy of all time. But if the Lakers literally replicate the Wizards season last year in terms of where they go in the play-in and what happens in the playoffs, that will be the final blow, the final blow to Russell Westbrook's legacy. That that will be the last thing anyone ever remembers about him. Yeah. You, you bring Russell Westbrook and then he turns the Lakers into the Wizards. Yeah, yeah. It's not it's it's not looking great for, for Russ, unfortunately. I think a lot of people are coming out in his defense and trying to defend him to not just judge him on this struggle that he's having at the moment. But if it if it ends up this way, it's it's only gonna do damage to to his legacy uh, as a as an NBA player. I mean he was he was included in the NBA 75 and there's lots of people that first think, ballot. Yeah. yeah, he's first that, ballot. That other shit Absolutely. but there, there definitely is the career that he's had. Let's not just judge him on this. It's not going too well. Unfortunately the style of player he is things are going to get worse as as he ages. It's just it's just natural. He's not going to be able to stay as productive uh, as like a KD or a LeBron or a Kawhi, but this guy is still uh, one of the, the the best players of his generation and 100% for first ballot hall of famer yeah yeah we'll we'll yeah we'll we'll end with that how about that um do we do we talk zion all i want to say is i've been saying this all along i just yeah uh, yeah you have yeah i've yeah. been saying he does not want to be there and now all the signs are finally pointing towards it he hasn't played there all year he's rehabbing away from the team there's just yeah. doesn't seem to be any togetherness into what they're they're trying to do Apparently he hasn't been to a practice or a shoot around since the beginning of December. He just doesn't seem to be invested in the team or the city of New Orleans at all. The fact that he didn't even reach out to CJ McCollum, they seem to kind of had to announce that to the world before he actually contacted him. I mean, it, it, it's just kind of crazy. And then when you see that thing with the email, that was a bit that was a bit nuts when that email the Pelicans sent out to their season ticket holders. Yeah. They only yeah. Named, they named Willie Green, they name Ingram, Valanciunas, and CJ McCollum. No mention of Zion. There. Dude, that's, yeah, that's that was that was so all right. So that comes from PR, but that gets reviewed by it has to be reviewed by by management. You know, that 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 comes from PR team, but that has to be reviewed by management. And I, I wonder, you know, that, that's two things. One, you know, maybe if they're showing their hand, that's just insane. Like if they are, if they're really publicly showing, hey, Zion might be for sale. That that's either really smart or really insane. There's no in between because let, let's let, let's just say what what's Zion's trade value pre-injury before we find it because we we didn't even know about his like foot injury until like. 10 days before the season started before that, like what, what is his trade value? Like four first round picks. 
as, as a an acclaimed generational player, right? I mean, he's he's definitely like a like three, four first round pick type of guy and add in a young talent. Is he still that right now, even though he hasn't played? Maybe. Maybe, maybe not go back to three first round picks, but even that, even that's still still a push. Maybe. And you know, you kind of show signs that he's for sale. And another team is willing to take that. I think there are still teams that are willing to take the risk on Zion Williamson because he's Zion Williamson. And injuries aside, it's a big aside, a massive aside. But if things work out, I don't know what the percent chance of that is now. If things actually work out for the way he's supposed to be for the rest of his career, you know, he's still going to go down as if if he's healthy, like he's a top 10 potential player. And, and teams will still pay for that. So I'm, but I'm really curious because, you know, this, this felt like the CJ McCollum move, all these moves that the Pelicans have made. And I, I actually like it, you know, look at CJ McCollum's averaging 20.4 points, six rebounds and 5.4 in the five games he's played with the Pelicans. He's just fit seamlessly. I'm not saying that's going to be his whole, his whole production there, but he's fit seamlessly with this group. And I think, you know, CJ McCollum is a, is a veteran leader. It's going to be huge for this player development. And all this is for Zion. You know, they're trying to do things right uh, the way that they couldn't do and did not do for Anthony Davis. So it'd be a damn shame if it ends up being just another runaround and Zion tries to get out of there. Uh, I would be, that would be shameful. Mm-hmm. I'm getting mad here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it'd be, it'd be a big blow to the Pelicans as a whole. And maybe maybe to Zion too. I mean, it's kind of hard to think now. A lot of people are kind of coming out and thinking he's one of the guys that just wasn't ready to be a leader and a, and a face of a team. Like when he's been on the court, he's leader. He's what about out. a what about a teammate? Yeah, just a teammate. Yeah, I know, but I think uh, there's expectations there, and now people are saying maybe he doesn't have the right people around him, the right people in his inner circle. There's people kind of leading them down the wrong path and I don't think there's any signs that he's really become invested in wanting to be yeah. a Pelican long term which is yeah. it, it's never a good sign I think this year he's uh, eligible to sign an extension I'm sure that will be put out there but whether he signs it or not yeah, that, that, that's another question I mean with, with his injuries at the moment you're kind of thinking oh maybe he might just have to sign it he might not really have a choice but then you kind of also wonder just how serious that the injury is because when he first went out with it he was meant to be back uh, after I think uh, probably a, co- a few weeks a month or two and uh, it's kind of kept being put in the back burner and now you see New Orleans aren't even making comments on it anymore they were always giving updates on Zion over the last uh, probably since the turn of the year. I don't think I don't think I've heard them make any comments on him. So it's a really it's an interesting situation, and all the talk on it now. You have to think that someone's going to have to to make a make a comment about what's going on, either whether it be the Pelicans or someone from Zion's camp. We're going to have to try and find to get a, a way to get a clearer picture of what the actual situation is. I wonder who's. Who's his agent? CAA? I, I don't know. I don't know his agent, but I, I can't help but think of like the, this, this really, this deep conspiracy theory that what if he's pulling like a, a mega Ben Simmons and he's faking an injury and, and just, 
trying to get out of there ahead of ahead of getting out of there. But you know, we, we can talk. This this is why the Zion conversation is such a slippery slope because we just don't know enough, and we just really want to know, and we're just going to continue making stuff up in our head until yeah. you know. I, I don't know. It's it's a it's a crappy situation for the Pelicans who you can't. It's just a few years removed from a literal parade for drafting the guy. Mm-hmm. Like it's it sucks that if if it's going to end up going the complete opposite way. But I I, I want to end in terms of like random news here and there with, with the hot take. Ten day contract signed off to Willie Cauley Stein. Or the 76ers, a guy who's been cast off. And James Harden is really good at finding his lob guys. I think Willie Cauley-Stein, from a physical standpoint, is one of the best lob finishers in the NBA. Doesn't do a whole hell of a lot else. But I think Willie Cauley-Stein is going to end up getting signed by the 76ers for the remainder of the season. And I think he would actually be a major contributor to Philly's front court rotation. Paul and Millsap, I don't think, has got enough juice. And those those other young guys, I don't think are going to be ready for the playoffs. Willie Cauley-Stein has been asked to do too much on defense, and he's just really not that. He's not a he's not smart enough to really navigate pick and roll defense, and he's not always in the great position to be a health defender, but. In a simplified role under a guy like Doc Rivers, who's been fantastic at coaching up big men. I think he could revive his career there in Philadelphia under James Harden as a hard rim runner, under Doc Rivers to simplify his defensive role. I mean, it, this is a deep take, but Willie Colley Stein it, coming uh, out of the draft, I thought he was one of, he could have been one of the dominant big men in the NBA just with his size and his athleticism. I, who knows? Who knows what happens here? But I legit, I legitimately think that he might be already the most athletic and explosive rim running pick and roll big that Harden's ever played with. Interesting. Uh, when you when you when you sent that out to me earlier, I wasn't really sure where you were going. I, I you didn't come, think I'd come I up with Willie Cauley Stein. I, I missed that. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't see that 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 go down. But that's that's uh, yeah. That 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 could be an interesting one, and it's definitely needed for for the 76ers i think yeah like you said like paul Millsap doesn't doesn't have the juice to like to completely cover what they're losing in andre jumund and you think you have a combo of Millsap and willie collie stein that could be that could be a real difference maker for philadelphia yeah yeah, yeah. i wasn't wasn't on board with you earlier but yeah that, that, that's an interesting one yeah <laughs> by, by default you were not on board let's just say that um sh- shall we shall we take this we still got we got a little bit of time do we? Yeah, we got time. We gotta go. Yeah. We got it. We got the we got the rest of the season to talk about. We got actual basketball to talk about now. It's got back to games tomorrow night. <clears throat> and how are things shape gonna shape up for the rest of the season? It, there, there's a lot of things could could still change within both the east and the west. I'm kind of interested to see how how big of a shakeup we might see in the last third of the season when we got, we got about seven weeks of the regular season left. Any, any major, major changes you think we might see in, uh, in standings? Yes. Chicago. I'll, I'll say this. This is, this is going to be the biggest one. This, this one's going to hurt. 
Chicago Bulls have the second hardest strength of schedule for the remainder of the season, and they still don't have Lonzo. They still don't have Caruso. Levine's knee seems to be a little bit better, but he's – I think he's going to be on load management. He's going to be resting some back-to-backs. We have a ton of games on the road, playing the Cavs twice, Heat twice, Bucks three times, Grizzlies, Suns, 76ers, Jazz. And listen, I mean, this, this is going to be the biggest test they face. They've already faced COVID. Um, it's already been well-documented. They've dealt with the most COVID in the league. They've already dealt with waves of injuries. And now they're going to deal with an extremely difficult final run to get them ready for the playoffs for a team that many of these guys have never seen the playoffs. Levine, never been in the playoffs. All these young guys, never been in the playoffs. They're, they're only two guys, and Tristan Thompson, very excited about that signing, and Alex Caruso, those are the only two guys who have real deep playoff experience. DeMar DeRozan, obviously, there as well. Um, but this is going to be a huge test. They are going to – I mean, I, I totally agree with the projections, having them at fifth. I, I could see them going down as far as sixth just given how difficult this is. But let me say this. If they come out of this stretch and they are able to continue winning games with scoring and they're able to, because, because the big reason they're losing right now is because of defense, obviously they don't have their main guys on defense. The rim protection just isn't there right now. And they have fallen to 20th after starting out as a top three defense in this league if they can form their identity and get back that intensity without so without Caruso and they can figure out ways to be good defensively without them and they can keep scoring at this rate i think that's going to give them the edge they need to make that run to come out of the east this is going to make or break the entire season if they can survive this stretch because if they they get the if they get whipped the rest of the season they still make it into the playoffs and they haven't figured out how to gel and really come together as a, as a team. I don't think they're going to, they, I don't think they have a chance to make it out of these, to be honest, because there's just not enough. There's just not enough experience, playoff experience on this team, especially for Zach Levine, who is a second best player to have them have that experience is really important, but if they can treat this like the playoffs and they play like it's the playoffs and they come out on the other side and they can still hold a top four seed, that gives me the legitimate confidence that they can come out of the East this year. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I think uh, obviously the projections we were looking at that has them falling three places between now and the end of the season. They're projected to go 10 and 13 in their remaining games. Obviously, the, the schedule is extremely tough. All I'll say is if I'll even put it like this if they can remain a top four seed, that means that DeMar DeRozan is the MVP. Yeah, I, that too. I'm going to say that, that. too. That, that's a fact. Yeah. If they I, remain I will, the top yeah. four seeds, that's it's going to be because of Demar Derozan and his scoring, and if they can do that, I I give him the MVP one hundred percent. I think that's the only way that they're going to be able to stay with the different injuries that they have and possible, not one hundred percent sure what what we're going to see from Levine in terms of minutes and whether he's injured or not. So I think they remain the top four seed. A lot of that's going to be down to Demar Derozan. I think the form he's been on has been unbelievable. He's already one hundred percent in the conversation. And if he keeps the Bulls afloat with this difficult run that they have, I, I think he'd be the MVP of the league for me. Yeah. Um, how about another team? Just completely changing their lock. We already talked about the Celtics, but 
538, they have them at a 21% chance to win the finals. The best in slug- at the moment, the best in the, the best in the league. And 538 is no joke. This is all player-based forecast. This is all crunching like analytics across the board. And they are usually pretty spot on every single year. And then to for them to go, I think they had a less than one percent chance at the beginning of the season. Let's go to twenty one percent chance. Talk about just completely flipping the script. In terms of biggest movement, and I fully believe that they they can end as a top three seed, which where they're projected right now is third. But twenty one percent chance to win the finals, that that just blew me out of my chair. I was I was shocked. Um, but I think second highest is. Is it the the sun? It's the Suns at eighteen percent, and then Bucks at thirteen percent. Heat ten percent, tied with the Nuggets like we talked about. But um, man, that that one really, really, really shocked me. It it shows the 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 how well they did with the moves they made at the trade deadline. I guess that's kind of looking. We're not one hundred percent sure how long. Marcus Smart's going to be out for. He's obviously a key guy for them on the defensive end, but that's obviously showing the impact that they think Derek White is going to be able to have. He's going to be able to fill in for, for Smart in kind of a small sample size in a much more accurate way than maybe someone like Josh Richardson or Dennis Schroeder would have if that was if it was still the case that one of them was filling in. They were projected to go 15 and 7. Uh in their their remaining games and the fact that their run and the success they've had since the turn of the year has been built off of defense that's what makes me kind of believe that they can go on and you think Tatum can get better on offense Brown can get better on offense and the defense is still going to be there as the as the start point for them so that's why you can absolutely believe them going on this tear and you can kind of understand why they've They've been able to edge into that that top spot for for going at, for going all the way this year. Yeah, yeah, and let's talk about the the opposite side of things. Um, and we had mentioned it for the Lakers right now are at ninth, Clippers are at eighth in the West in terms of projected standings. Glazers at tenth. That is a picture you would not. Not, not, not have expected the beginning of the season at all. Nope. And how, how about this? Interesting for, for Portland and Indiana, two teams that we think of right now, they should be tanking. Like right away, we, we don't have time to talk about some of the, the tanking uh, expectations, uh, but can't wait. March Madness right around the corner. It's crazy. February's almost over. We're already getting into uh, some NCAA. But those two teams have the easiest strength of schedule at the end of the season. It's going to be a, a really fascinating thing to see for the Blazers who, you know, they, they have, they want to tank, but they have Dame there. They want to prove winning. They want to build culture. And for the Pacers, it's the same thing. They just got a young guy. They, they just re-upped on some young talent there and they want to prove things with Turner. They, Rick Carlisle teams don't tank. They're not going to actively try to tank. So for two teams that honestly should be tanking, you might see them really screw themselves at the end of the year here. I'm, I'm curious to see what, what, how pissed off their fan bases are going to be as they drift slow, slowly further and further and further from the top odds in the lottery. Um, so that, that's one thing. Indiana is what I say is because they are currently 
nine games back on the on the tenth seed in the Eastern Conference. So it's a lot easier for them to just kind of uh, kind of give it up almost and uh, and commit commit to the tank. Whereas the Blazers are very much in the conversation for yeah. for the play, and they're they're predicted to get that that final spot for the play. And and if they have Dame back for that. It wouldn't be the craziest thing in a one-off game to see them to see them pull off an upset, especially the way they've been playing uh, since making the moves around the around the trade deadline. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, the, the comparison between the bottom of the West, bottom of the East is so is so different. Hmm. The Atlanta, Washington, Charlotte, and Toronto. Atlanta, Washington, both at twenty sixth and twenty seventh in terms of strength strength of schedule. Charlotte at twentieth, Toronto at twenty fourth. Those four teams. That's going to be a rock fight to, to get in those last four spots. Apparently, the apparently the Nets are right in there, going to going to the of course, yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, you kind of forget about that, and that's that's going to be a worse thing. The the Heat and the Sixers are the predicted top two seeds in the uh, in the East, and they could very likely end up facing the Brooklyn the Nets, Nets in the yeah. first round, oh, which is just God. crazy yeah. to think of. It's great. From a neutral point of view, to watch that it'd be a, it would be a, an awesome first round series. But as a 76er or Miami Heat player, fan, member, management, whatever, you just think we've worked so hard <laughs> and we get this in, in the first round. It's kind of it, it's almost a never seen before thing, really. I don't I don't think the Heat would be scared of the Nets. I don't think they'd be scared of the Nets. I think they'd be very confident in their defense and very confident in their ability to, I mean, they, they've been an f- amazing half court offense for, for, for reasons we've, we've discussed previously, but um, and that, that would be great for everybody else because you, you want the heat and the nets if they're off the boards for first thing. And same thing with, you know, 76ers, if, if they're matching up with the nets, if, Say the say the Bulls fall enough, and the 76ers are matching up. Let's be um, real here. That's exactly what we want to see. Yeah, <laughs> first round playoff series, Philly, Philly yeah. against uh, Brooklyn. Give me some of that. Yeah, this is why teams. You know, the the Celtics are really, and it, this is starting to make more sense to me. If they can, if they can finish third. They could. Them and the 76ers could really put themselves in a position to avoid some really bad matchups and. That could spell massive difference between getting out of the first round and getting out of the East. Yeah, yeah. But no, it's it's uh, it's real. It's it's interesting. It's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun for the rest of the season. The 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 final standings could be as important this year as uh, as maybe we've we've ever seen. To be honest. Yeah, but I I think. I think that's that about covers. I, I agree with these data. If if nobody's looked it up, check out five thirty eight. They have all the the projected standings there and the the percentages. Like I said, they're always very spot on, especially this far into the season. There's enough of a sample size to really make good hard predictions like this. Um, and major takeaway: Celtics. More good news for you: thirty four percent chance to make the finals, twenty one percent lead leaguing percent chance to win the finals, and you know, this is this is the outlook. This is the new expectation. Let's see if they keep it going. Yeah, absolutely. I think we 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 know we know a few uh, a few Celtics fans that uh, will be hoping and maybe may expecting them now seeing this. Maybe they'll be expecting them to go off and uh, 
and really kick on now for the rest of the year. One thing you say is the books are still, you almost think of them as, as a favorite, just based off the fact that they have the toughest remaining schedule, but yeah. they're still expected to go up a place in terms of the, in terms of the standings. So you so you just show her the confidence that everyone still has in this books team to really deliver in important situations. And I think we're going to see it uh, again this year, but we see it in both conferences. There's mega talent. There's possible people returning. There's injuries that may rule key players out in, in both conferences. And it just makes for a very, very entertaining basketball. Yes, sir. Well, all right. Thanks everyone for joining us this episode. We're going to be kicking off next episode, hopefully talking like I said, a little bit more. Uh, let's talk about the draft a little bit. We, we've had enough of all these awesome contenders, awesome teams. Show a little love. Show, show a little love to the the guys we used to be. I, I remember around this time of year, just last season, and every season before that for my, my very short memory, just peeking at Tankathon, starting to look at who these young guys are with March Madness around the corner. It should be exciting to think about how these young teams might be adding some more talent around the corner. But anyway, guys, thanks for joining us. Until next time, peace out. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of Coast to Coast. Don't forget to hit us up on Instagram and Twitter at Coast to Coast NBA Podcast to hear your takes discussed right here on the show. And remember, take every shot and love every moment.